People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. A big hello to the Brothers Talk family around the world. Welcome once again, wherever you're listening in and holding your critical thinking conversations to promote activism and uplift people everywhere. You're appreciated along with all of you first-time listeners tuning in. And we look forward to everyone helping with the work of encouraging and educating while we also endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals to empower and enrich the Black community. Your weekly coronavirus alert, because we care, is that concern continues to rise along with moderate increase in COVID cases across the country that have been linked to the new parole variant that evolved from the Omicron strain. There have also been a number of professional players for the Cincinnati Reds who've tested positive and now have to miss games. And along with that, there's also been a spike in other respiratory infections that showed up at the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament in New York. Parola is more infectious as each new variant is, and the World Health Organization is following it closely to determine if it's more severe and resistant to existing vaccines. The newest boosters for the existing XBB variants won't be available until late September, and the CDC is recommending that you wait until then or even early October when the new formulations have been tested for efficacy against Parola as well. So as always, if you haven't gotten your vaccinations, please do so because some protection is always better than none. And please remember that wearing a mask in crowds is the best protection because they prevent infections and transmission of all airborne respiratory infections. And if you're traveling, remember to carry and use plenty of disinfectants to kill all of these viruses that also include the flu, RSV2, and the common cold, the rhinovirus. All of that is a good thing to do, period. So come on, people. We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod. Uh, just to piggyback again, well, first of all, uh, thank you for your continued support, family. And uh, to piggyback on what Rod is saying, there is there has been a spike in the virus. Even the First Lady, Jill Biden, she's got the she caught the virus that was on the news today. Uh, I thought that I was having some uh, people who were really paying attention to what's going on. I went to the grocery store last night, and I'll say about 80% of the people in the store had on masks. That was surprising to me. What the disappointing part is most of those people were non-Black. When I go to places where there are predominantly Black people, usually I'm the only person that's wearing a mask. I don't understand that. So family, go out there, protect yourself. Like Roy said, any vaccination is protection against better than no vaccination. Wear your mask if you don't want to get vaccinated. Protect your family and your loved ones. Norm? Thanks, Scott. I just wanted to take a minute this week to acknowledge the coups in Western Africa of several countries. They're eliminating and getting rid of the colonial hold on the 
many resources that they have and the wealth that these countries hold and simply have been exporting to Europe. I just want to remind the brothers and sisters that we have to actually support these countries since they're going to come under some kind of uh, strain and, and uh, economic hardship due to the West. You know, we have to unite there economically as we have to unite here. Just my thought. So this week, we're continuing this, that thought that Norm just raised around the mythology about the African continent that has been purported and continued to be promoted by Europeans and non-Africans. And it's had a really harmful effect worldwide because we all know that Africa is a series of countries where the most mineral-rich nations in the world reside. And yet, there's always been this mythology about how poor the Africans themselves are. And so you can turn on literally your television 24 hours a day and find all of these missionaries from churches and all of these organizations like Oxfam and UNICEF and even the Red Cross that are constantly talking about the need to raise money to help out these impoverished African nations. And while there is a kernel of truth in that, you have to ask yourself, then if Africa is so mineral rich, then why is there all this excess poverty? And the truth is, there is not. That some of the richest nations on earth are in Africa, but that doesn't suit the narrative that when you have these primarily European-founded organizations who want to have access to the minerals and resources of Africa, then they need a narrative that makes it appear as though the only way these people can manage is with European intervention. And so you have these organizations that continue to propose and, and keep this mythology along the lines of how these backward Africans would be unable to care for themselves, unable to govern themselves. And so these organizations are fronts for continuing to promote a false narrative. And let's not forget that forever, the European nations and the United States have gone in and undermined the governments of African nations that were intent on controlling their own resources. That's why you still have things like the De Beers Diamond Cartel, which is still one of the most atrocious national entities, global entities out there that controls a diamond a market that really does not have the kind of scarcity to warrant the kinds of prices that there are. But because they are able to control the number of diamonds in circulation, when diamonds themselves are not a rare mineral, then you have another example of how Europeanization has gone in and undermined what are truly the minerals and resources of what should be controlled by independent African nations. You know, I was I was pleased to see this young woman, African woman, who was giving this presentation and given all of the facts about how minimal rich Africa is, the most minerally the uh, rare minerally rich country on the planet and uh well country let's say continent on the planet and i was just pleased to see that because i was like you know all that we see on tv is like you said rod is you know 
how poor and, and helpless and uneducated and, you know, they need some guidance. They need some help. They need with, with everything. The thing that bothers me is why, why haven't, uh, why haven't black Americans and African nations, Africans from different nations in Africa, what's preventing us from forming a partnership, developing relationships so that we have the know-how and there are some African who's come over here and become educated and whether they're going back or not, I know some of them have, but what's preventing us from developing relationships with those nations so that it can benefit us and them. I often wonder about that. And a lot of that thing has to do with the propaganda that Rod just got to talking about, because all you see on TV all of the time is something about poor, these kids, flies flying around their face, pop belly for malnutrition. And it's just a, a, uh, a video. It's a, uh, a propaganda shot that they put on TV as a commercial. One of the things that, that bothers me also is that there's not an outcry about the way that Africa continue to be raped of rare minerals. You got a situation where the people who are the minority in that country, like the De Beers, control virtually all of the resources. There are some uh, leaders in some of the African countries and some of the nations where they are rich. You know, you got uh, dictatorship type situations where there are some countries where some people at the top are benefiting from it. But for the most part, what you have is you got that still that colonialism still dominating most of the continent. Why is that and why there's not a, 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 an uproar about it? Well, Scott, there's been a couple of instances, especially with Mike Malcolm X and his desire and effort to unite African-Americans and the African people, um, because we do have a common struggle and a common enemy. And uh, the CIA definitely eliminated that threat which, you know, the West sees, the West only profits when there's confusion and, and these countries remain unstable. And that literally is what gives them access to these natural resources. Now, once Gaddafi did try to actually reach out to African-Americans as well, and um, they wound up eliminating him and literally spreading terrorism um, through from Libya all the way to, you know, uh, Western Africa, that entire region, which gives them another reason to come into those countries under the guise of fighting terrorism, which only secures their access to the natural resources. And, um, you know, France at, at its will just goes into these countries regardless of, you know, of any international law and um, literally has troops stationed in these countries, which is, you know, why we just saw those coups happen and, and occur, several of them. And, um, you know, it's just under the guise of keeping mass confusion going on in these countries, which ultimately gives the West access to really cheap labor and, you know, the natural resources there, which is ultimate wealth. And I just wanted to mention that, you know, France annually gets like $500 billion income from this former colony. So really, it's still 
another form of the colonial imperialism mindset. And so, you know, you raise a good question there, Scott, about what it keeps the African-Americans and the Africans from forming more productive and proficient and even prosperous relationships. And we've talked about this before, is that once again, the narratives that come and have been presented to both sides have really been at the seat of that. And it's because of the people who have started it. We know that oftentimes in the past, Africans came here as well as people from the Caribbean with this notion that African-Americans did not work hard, take advantage of the opportunities that they had. And that's because that's the narrative that they had been given by the Europeans who wanted to make sure that they prevented those kinds of alliances from taking place. But thank God that now Africans and African-Americans are having direct conversations and some things are changing because I'm looking right now at a list of over 30 African countries that allow dual citizenship for African-Americans. And so, you know, and so in this diverse as Algeria, Angola, Benin, uh, Ivory Coast, Cape Verde, Tunisia, Egypt, Ghana, Kenya, Liberia, Malawi, Sudan, Somalia, Senegal, South Africa, Nigeria, Morocco, Libya, Uganda, Zambia. In other words, Botswana, you know, on and on and on. And so that is a result of the leadership in those countries recognizing that we as African-Americans have something to offer and also that we should, on the other side of it, realize that we need to create those kinds of relationships that allow our African brothers and sisters to get access to the kinds of markets and commerce that's available here in the United States. So again, I thank God for the fact that these relationships are being established. And so, as I said, it's a real easy list to find that there are over 30 African nations that are offering dual citizenship to those with African ancestry. You know, that's that's a good point. That's good information. Uh, and I think that, I hope that people take advantage of that and look into that because you do have some, some a lot of black folks who are actually becoming expats and they're moving to Africa and they're finding out that, hey, it's not the U.S. We don't have a lot as much uh, in terms of the comfort, the comfort type uh, amenities that we're accustomed to. But at the same time, that racism factor is not there. And I think that's one of the things that that's motivating people to move to our uh, countries in Africa. But I think that there should be something like like one of these, t- these and there may be something like that, like a, a, a think tank that make it even easier to bring more countries into the fold uh, to invite uh, black people over there. But the media has done such a job, and the the media plays such a role in dividing and conquering. And you got to take a look at who owns the media, who's who owns the newspapers, who owns social media, and who owns the TV stations, who owns the broadcasting, radio. Those are the ones who've been planting these seeds and and uh, having black people in America not trust Africans and also not having Africans trust black Americans. I think that's a big problem. We need to call that out as often and as loud as we possibly can because they're continuing to do that. Uh, Rod, you mentioned about the De Beards. They know what's going on with the De Beards, but yet you don't see a lot of stories about that. You'll never see, you see very little about that. 
you may hear something about what's going on with the beers on program like this, but even with Elon Musk, you know, uh, I saw something where they say his dad owns an emerald mine, you know. So how is it that these non-African people can end up owning gold mines, diamond mines, emerald mines, while the people who are, who are native Africans who live there, they're mining those mines for, you know, little or nothing, almost free labor, dying at early ages, developing health health problems that they normally wouldn't have because they're in those mines. But yet, for some reason, I mean, that was a push at one time, you know, they did that movie, something about, about blood diamonds, you know, was a, a but that kind of went away after a few years. You don't even really hear a lot about that now. So I think this is this is something that Black Americans need to get behind because this country has made it clear half of the white folks, over half of the white people in this country uh, still hate black people for whatever reason. For the last 500 plus years, we black people have been brutalized, marginalized by non-black people in this country. And it's continuing. And it's like it's on steroids now today. So there needs, I'm thinking that uh, some think tank, some organization put some structure behind helping people or, or educating people, putting information out there about those 30 countries that because I didn't know that until you just said that about those 30 countries that Rod just mentioned. You know, I just wanted to follow up by um, stating that there are many African-Americans who have already relocated to Africa and who are on YouTube and different social media platforms with shows, mm-hmm. you know, um, educating people who are thinking about it or considering it to come to those countries and just, you know, giving them as much information as possible so, you know, it's, it's great that there are people who are already there from the United States who are really, you know, trying to get the information out in regards to life in Africa and, and the change. But, you know, it, it, and it, at least that there's a system already there for people who want to do that. And it's already out there. All right. So keep focused on the need for us to control the narrative, even if it relates to our brothers and sisters in, in the, and on the African continent. In our Black Business Spotlight, let's give some love to actress and comedian Tiffany Haddish, who's set to open Diaspora Groceries to fulfill her long-standing dream of opening a grocery store in her old neighborhood in South Los Angeles. She's been raising $25 million over the past few years to turn this dream into a reality. Now, this is another example of what makes the Brothers Talk a different kind of podcast. Because I can tell you, we're not the biggest fans of this sister because in some of her public appearances, let's just say it, she's been downright embarrassing and even appearing to be willing to tap dance her way into the white American mainstream. But when you do the right thing, we'll say it. She plans to establish an alternative and affordable food market called Diaspora Groceries in the Crenshaw neighborhood of South L.A. Crenshaw is predominantly Black and holds cultural significance being associated with celebrities like the late Nipsey Hussle and Ice-T. Although thrilled about her success in the movie industry, Haddish emphasized that the grocery store project holds a far greater importance to her. She believes in the potential impact of the store on the lives of the local community. The market's main focus will be on catering to BIPOC individuals, as stated on its website. While the launch date is yet to be announced, Haddish reveals some exciting features the store will offer. She's been candid about her past struggles with poverty, having experienced homelessness and food insecurity while growing up as a foster child. She expressed that food insecurity is a personal issue for her, and she hopes her grocery store initiative will make a positive impact 
on those facing similar challenges. With her determination and $25 million fundraising efforts, she's on track to create a meaningful and inclusive grocery store that supports and uplifts her community. Learn more about Diaspora Groceries via its official website, diasporagroceries.org. That's a wrap for this show. And remember, you can share your thoughts with us and follow and communicate by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to the Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our email, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And as always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's do better today because that's all we really have.